For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Stephen and the book of Acts. Acts chapter number six will be at today. Acts chapter number six is we're going to look at the life of Stephen and forgiveness and grace. This will be the last message on that series. Look with me now in Acts chapter six and verse number one. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. The daily ministration that the, the widows were being neglected in was basically taking care of them. Their husband had passed away. Uh, and that is the church's duty to look after the widows that were faithful to the church, faithful to God. And um, it's never a church full of older men that their wives are dead. It's always a, a church filled with, with wives that their men have passed away. Fellas, the ladies just outlive us, and that's just how it is. And so that's the duty of the church because the widows were neglected in the daily ministration, the Bible says. And this is why deacons were first set up. And so in verse number... Uh, Two, he says, they say, why, why should we be neglect the word of God to ser- wait and serve tables? And verse number three says, wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. I want you to remember what that said. What were the qualifications they were looking for and what Stephen had, honest full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Somebody that we can appoint over this business of taking care of the widows. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer to the ministry of the word. So they set these men aside so that they could take care of these widows, that duty in the church, so that the disciples continue to preach the word of God, so that the word of God may go forth and souls be saved. Amen? So there's a need for both. No matter what your duty is, there is a need for it. If God has called you to it, whether it's to sweep the floor, preach the word, take care of widows, whatever the case may be, um, there is a need for it and by the way these disciples told the congregation you pick them out you pick them out pick out seven you know that seven the number of perfection you know that's the the p.o box of our ministry crossbound ministry p.o box seven inverness florida 
And so it said, look out seven among you. And verse number five says, and the saying pleased the whole multitude and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost and Philip and Procurus and Nicanor and Taman and Farmius and Nicholas and Proselyte, a proselyte from Antioch. That name Stephen means crowned. He was the first Christian martyr. The first one killed for preaching the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. The first one killed because he was a Christian. The first one killed because he made it known what God's word says. And you remember what the Bible says, men love darkness. And when the Holy Spirit shines a light on their dark heart and makes them very uncomfortable because it has nothing to do with you, but it shows them where they stand with God. And so these men were set apart to take care of the widows in the church because they were being neglected. And so that's why these deacons were, were set up. That, that's the job of the deacon is to take care of those uh, widows in the church. Verse number six, whom they set before the apostle. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on him. Now listen to what happens. And the word of God increased and the number of the disciples multiplied in jerusalem greatly and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith because they did this because they picked out seven men that were full of faith full of the holy ghost they put their hands on they prayed over them as they set them forth to take care of it the bible says and the word of god increased whenever you are obedient to the lord even if you don't see it, the word of God will increase. You say, but I obeyed the Lord and I didn't see nothing but bad things happen. Well, here was the good thing that happened. You obeyed the Lord. That is the good thing. That is pleases God. Because you're not going to obey him if you don't believe him. And believing him is having faith in him. And the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please him. So going on, Stephen, here he is in verse number eight, a man full of faith and power did great wonders and miracles among the people. In the book of Acts, the transitional book, they were still doing amazing healing things. And it, the Bible says he was full of faith and power and did great wonders and miracles among the people. But you know, you know that gets people's attention when God starts moving, when God starts churning, when God starts changing people's lives, when God starts making a difference in people, it's going to get the world's attention. And that's exactly what's going to happen here in verse number nine. Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertarians and the Cyrenians and Alexandrians and them of Sicily and Asia disputing with Stephen. You take that for what you will. Disputing, I'd take to be an argument. So here these people were. These men came from the synagogue, and they are arguing with Stephen. But listen to verse number 10. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Doesn't say nothing about they couldn't resist Stephen. Didn't say nothing about him as a person. But it does say, the power, the wisdom, and the spirit that was within him is what they could not 
resist. You know, God even says in His Word that a time will come when you'll be delivered up, when, when you'll be called up, and you'll be accused of all kind of things. And it tells you what to do in, in Matthew chapter number 10 and verse number 19. It says, But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in the same hour what ye shall speak. It is an amazing thing what the power of God can bring to your mind, to, to your memory. And that's what they were seeing here. That's what they couldn't resist. Because we have no power in and of ourselves. I'm nothing. I'm nobody. All I do is serve the one true living God. And that's all Stephen did. Stephen wasn't some guy that was a character in a book that you could never relate to. He was just like me and just like you. He was simply sold out for the Lord Jesus Christ. Simply wanted to do all he can for the kingdom of God. Simply wanted to see everybody saved that could get saved, that would listen to his word. Amen? And how does a person get saved? A person gets saved by realizing that they're a sinner in need of a savior. And if you, if you read the laws of God, even if you've lied one time, the Bible says you're a sinner. And that there's a penalty for that, but you don't have to pay it. That's what Jesus did on the cross. It was a legal transaction. He paid it for you, but it's not automatically given to you. You have to receive it. See, you've first got to realize you're sick before you ask for some medicine, don't you? Yes, you do. You've got to realize that you've got sin that you need to be forgiven for. And once you realize that, that you are a sinner in need of a Savior, and that one day, one day your heart's going to stop. You know, 10 out of 10 people die. And one day you will too, and so will I. And the decision that I make with the Lord Jesus Christ will last throughout all eternity. See, once you realize you're a sinner in need of a Savior, then you ask God, the Bible says you repent. Repent is you turning from it, being sorry for it, asking God for forgiveness. And at that moment, you realize you can't save yourself, but the Lord Jesus Christ can. And you put your faith and your trust in Him because He didn't just die on that cross. The Bible says he ascended to the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. When he arose, he had the keys of death, hell, and the graves, and he has power over it. He defeated it. And when you put your faith and trust in him for that, he gives you a piece of himself. The Bible says a piece of the Holy Spirit will move in within you. Now, let me read that verse again. You think about what I just said. In verse number 10, And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. What spirit? The spirit of God. The Spirit of God that was within him. See, the Bible says the moment you get saved, God puts a piece of himself in you. The Holy Spirit, a piece of himself. He is sealing you. When the Bible says it talks about you're sealed into the day of redemption, that's what it's talking about. You're sealed with what? With a piece of the Holy Spirit. Amen? God will not deny himself. So when he looks down, he sees a piece of himself. He says, that's my seal. I know they've been redeemed by me. They have the seal on them. Sealed unto the day of redemption when God calls you home. Amen. I look forward to that day. I don't look forward to death, but I do look forward to being with the Lord someday. And verse number 11 says, Then they suborned men which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And they stirred up the people, and the elders and the scribes came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council. 
Now listen to this. And set up false witnesses, which said, This man ceaseth not to speak blasphemous words against the holy place and the law. Did he do anything wrong? No. The Bible literally says they set up false witnesses against them. They knew they didn't do, he didn't do anything wrong, but they were going to pin something on him. They were going to do everything they could to shut him up, to keep him quiet, to stop him from serving the Lord. Why? Because people were getting saved. People were getting saved by the thousands in the book of Acts. And so this man, Stephen, what a difference he is making. One person can make a huge difference. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. You, ma'am, you, sir, can make a huge difference in the world, in the place that you are in, wherever God has you. One person can make a giant difference for the Lord. Here is one man, Stephen, who is sold out to God. And we were thousands of years later and we're still reading and preaching about the story that he left. You can make a difference, a generational difference. Me and my wife talk about that. We want to leave our children a godly legacy that we, we weren't perfect. We weren't just great people, but we did totally and completely and fully love the Lord Jesus Christ with everything that we have. Amen? And I do want to leave that for my children. It says they set up false witnesses in verse 14. For we have heard him say that Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered. And all that sat in the council looked steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. Then said the high priest, Are ye these things so? They bring him before the high priest. And these other people, they accuse him. The Bible even says they stirred up the people like a hornet's nest. They got the elders and the scribes and the people got false witnesses. They done, it sounds like the, the, the trial of the Lord Jesus Christ. They stirred up people. They got people fired up, mad. They told lies. that They wanted to do everything they could to hurt him. And after the high priest asked him this, he goes through and he gives them a Bible lesson. You hear me? I'm talking about all of chapter 7. He gives them a serious, in-depth, deep Bible lesson about the Chaldeans and about Abraham and about Isaac and how Pharaoh and how they came out of Egypt and how about Joseph and Jacob. and I mean, he goes on and on and on and Moses and Israel and the Gentiles. And I mean, he just gives them everything. Remember what that verse said in Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 19? Remember, they had just delivered him up, and the high priest have asked him, Are you these things? And he gives them all those answers. Matthew chapter 10, 19. But when they delivered you up, take no thought how you, how or what you shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. Boy, the Lord sure gave it to him. He gave him a whole chapter of what to say, a whole history on the, a whole Bible lesson on history. Amen. He certainly brought it to him. And then toward the end, he calls them out. He says in verse 51 of Acts chapter 7 and verse 51, he said, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in your heart and eyes, you do always resist the Holy Ghost. 
as your fathers did, so do ye. What does he mean, resist the Holy Ghost? Well, Paul said when the light came to him, when he saw Jesus, he said, it's, they said it's hard to kick against the pricks. And what did they mean? They're talking about the pricking of the Holy Spirit on your heart, trying to break through that hard shell and get through to you. And that's what he's talking about. Resisting, you're resisting God. God makes it clear that the Holy Spirit's going to come to every person and knock on their heart and tell them they need to be saved. That without the wooing and the calling of the Holy Spirit, a person cannot be saved. That's what the Bible says in John 6, 44. And so he says, you resist the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, just as your fathers did. Verse 52, which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them, which showed before of the coming of the just one, of whom ye have been, and now the betrayers and the murderers who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut in the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. They were so mad, the Bible says. They were so mad. If you remember, the Bible is the only thing. The word of God is the only thing that can cut to the joints and to the marrow. And it's talking not talking about physically. It's talking about spiritually. It's talking about opening a person up and shining a flashlight on the inside of them and that they can see all and everything that they are before a thrice holy God. And what a sinner they truly are. That's what it means when it says the Bible cuts to the joints and to the marrow. And that's what it says there. They were cut to the heart. Those words went past their head and right into their heart. Because it was the truth. And it's God's truth. And nobody can deny it. You might lie to yourself. You might get mad and not like it, but it does not change the fact that it is God's truth. And that's what happened to them, and they were cut to the heart. Verse 55, But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Remember what the first part of that was? when he What was his qualification? Full of the Holy Ghost ghost as somebody that they were looking for to take care of the widows they even said that in chapter 6 verse 3 wherefore brethren look out ye among you seven men of honest report full of the holy ghost now here he is after all this has happened and he looks up and the bible says being full of the holy ghost he looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of god and jesus standing on the right hand of god now Many other places in the Bible, it says that Jesus is sitting on the right hand of God, sitting on the right hand of power. But here, the Bible says that Jesus is standing on the right hand of God. Let me ask you something. If you're sitting down and your child gets hurt, what's the first thing you do? I'm talking about if your child gets really hurt. You're not going to be sitting down very long, are you? No, sir, no, ma'am. That's the first thing that comes to my mind here. And verse 56, And said, Behold, I see the heavens open, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, and stopped their ears, and ran upon him with one accord. They attacked him. They came after him. They didn't want to hear what he had to say. They shut their ears. They don't want to hear that. And verse 58, And cast him out of the city, and stoned him. And the witnesses 
laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. That is a horrific way to die, let me tell you, to be stoned to death. I know they still do that in some, some third world countries. They will stone people to death, and it is a horrendous way to die. The only worst way would be by fire, I believe. You get rocks thrown at you, thrown at you with broken bones and hurt until you are absolutely dead. There's nothing glorious about it. But there was a man there whose name was Saul, and Saul was going around at that time persecuting the church, thinking he was doing God's work. But the truth is, he was killing and murdering Christians. And they, after they stoned Stephen, the Bible says they took his clothes and they laid them at a young man's feet named Saul. Why did they lay them at Saul's feet? Because Saul was in charge. Saul was the one, is the one with the power and the authority in this story. He very well may have given the final word to have him killed. He gave the order. He had to at least acknowledge it and say it was okay because he was the one with the power and the authority in this situation. Think about what Saul just saw. This man is accused, falsely accused, looks up to heaven, and there's stone in him. And the Bible says in verse 60, And he knelt down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. He didn't die, the Bible says. The Bible says he fell asleep. In other words, he never really tasted death. A person that saves never going to taste death. They'll just go from here to there to the other side, going to be with the Lord. Even Paul said that, O grave, where is thy victory? O death, where is thy sting? Because once a, a person's saved, death has no victory, and it has no more sting. Why? Because you're going to go be with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what it says, he fell asleep. This was his last act. Stephen's last act was to kneel down, to pray, and to forgive, and to ask God to forgive them and lay not this sin to their charge. Does not, not sound like what the Lord Jesus Christ did on the cross. Don't lay this sin to their charge. Stephen definitely had to humble himself to do that. And he definitely you cannot do that. Listen to me. You can't fully forgive. There's no seven-step program to forgiveness. You've got to be full of the Holy Ghost. You've got to be sold out for the Lord Jesus Christ to be able to forgive like that, to be able to love people that are, that are not being good to you, that are being brutal to you. Listen to me. You've got to be right with God. You've got to be full, like the Bible says, he was full of the Holy Ghost, and that's the only way that you can forgive like that, but that's how that you can live in peace. Not only peace with God, but peace with man also. And that's what he had. And that's the only way you're going to have it. When your heart is right, you're living your best and not be in sin. You're always asking God for forgiveness. You're staying in his word. You're being good to people. But first and foremost, you're living a clean life before the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved, 
or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning into Crossbound Ministry Radio Broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $25 or more, we will send you a copy of Ray Comfort's book, Nothing Created Everything. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook or visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a woman in need of help with your pregnancy, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There's locations in Inverness and Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507 and Bruce Kaufman Construction, providing all your home building needs, 352-400-0230. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida, 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200.